0: You used to be an actress.
1: Yes, I did. I spent ten years in Los Angeles.
0: The last two years, you guys made over seven hundred thousand dollars with your coaching business. So, what was the tipping point in your business that allowed for this expansion, this uh, you know critical mass point? I
1: would almost say the tipping point happened so far back earlier when I decided to only focus on.
0: Okay, we're here with Kim Singer. she's an amazing mindset and business coach that I had the pleasure to interview a few years back and uh, I'm excited to talk to a fellow mindset coach because your clients are uh, killing it and uh, I want to dive deeper into your methods and uh, you know your journey as well because you used to be an actress. Yes, I
1: did. I spent ten years in Los Angeles doing doing the acting thing. So happy to share about that as well. But yes, you are not wrong.
0: Beautiful. Would love to dive deeper into that. Yeah, tell us actually more. You know, how did you transition from acting to coaching?
1: That's that's not a normal transition.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm totally kidding.
1: Yeah. So I, um, when I was in college, I studied psychology. I've always been fascinated in humans and human behavior and the human mind and what drives us. I did a lot of research on um, in undergrad with infants, just studying like facial expressions. And it was just fascinated by that. And my other love and my other study of human behavior was acting at the time. And I've always believed that you can make money doing things on your terms. I've always believed you, you know anything you put your mind to, you can create. So instead of going on to get my PhD, I picked up and moved to LA and I spent 10 years doing the acting thing there. Had a lovely, incredible time. Got to work on some really incredible projects. And I just hit a moment in time where I no longer loved the business of acting. Acting in Mm -hmm. that industry is very much a business. I loved the craft, but the business side of it was really starting to get me to a place that was like, I, I see where this leads and I don't want what's kind of at the end of that. And that's when I picked up, moved to New York City. I joked to start over. I thought I wanted to stay in the... Entertainment world, I got a job as an agent working in the advertising world and very quickly Mm. found out that that was not the place for me and had a very serendipitous conversation with a coach during that time and found the coaching world and took a year long program and kind of here we are. So that's the very circuitous way I ended up. Mm. I can give more details, but, but that's how I landed here.
0: And I think that's the DNA of your coaching because what stood out to me, and it's something kind of similar to what I do, you don't just focus on mindset. Or business. So you're not an either or coach, like a lot of um, experts prefer to specialize in either or, but it feels like your experience with our advertising and your experience with psychology led you to, you know, this yin and yang approach to, to coaching. Very,
1: very much so. I'm a very big believer in the blend. I don't know if you've read The Medici Effect. It's a great book, but they talk about how innovation is really when you take these desperate, Mm -hmm. like these different elements, these different industries. And like, that's where we find new ways of doing things. And that's how I like to approach coaching. And I definitely think business in particular, it's not all strategy. It's not all mindset. It's very much that intersection of where those two Mm -hmm. come together.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, back when I was teaching martial arts, Mm, the fact that I combined it with personal development allowed me to stand out and do something very, very different and unique in the market. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, if you're struggling to stand out, think of what are your passions? You know, could you combine them? Could you mix and match? Right?
1: Yeah, we all have so much experience that we forget we can draw on, especially in business from our previous lives. So, yeah, how can you combine those things? I love that you combine the martial arts with personal development.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this, this, do you see this with your clients? Uh, because this is super frequent for, for me, at least, right? Somebody decides to become an expert, a coach, or maybe even an, an entrepreneur. And all of a sudden they put on the entrepreneur or coach hat and they just have this sudden amnesia of all of the wins, all of the experience, all of the fights that they fought or, you know, all of their history and they're just not using it in their marketing or in their storytelling, you know, they just lock that version up in a closet.
1: I I think it's so common. You know, I I think when we start something new, our minds go to the beginner mindset, which I think is so valuable in so many ways, but I really do think it's so common for us not to see, And not to see like where that intersection is where we can bring things over how we're always stacking life on top of life experience on top of experience that's i mean that's what top corporations are looking for when they're hiring people And i think we tend to forget that when we start a business when we're we're in a new new world and like you're saying this is such a beautiful way to weave in storytelling to your Mm -hmm. marketing when you can start to see those outside experiences
0: that's a very interesting perspective. Like, what if you had to write a resume before deciding to yeah. start a business? Yeah.
1: Like, what would, like, what would you put on that resume? It's, um, I geek out on research, but there's um, a ton of research right now and just a ton of like what's going on in the corporate world where they are quite literally looking for people in top positions that maybe didn't go to college or have very different backgrounds or were in the arts because of what we're talking about, because yeah. of that beautiful benefit of having new experience to bring into an existing industry. So for, for everyone listening, all of your past success and so-called failures and experience absolutely count.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to ask because you you had a very interesting tipping point in your business. Like the last two years, you guys made over seven hundred thousand dollars with your coaching business, and it's very interesting because you're exclusively doing um, one-on-one coaching. Like most uh, programs are group coaching, and right, you you love to have this personal touch. So, what was the tipping point in your business that allowed for this expansion? This uh, you know, critical mass point where you just hit that compounding effect beauty and just go up. Oh,
1: gosh, um, I don't know if I could point to one. thing, thank you for referencing that. Yeah, we only offer, I, I should say I have a team, but I only offer one-on-one coaching. I would I would almost say the tipping point happened so far back earlier when I decided to only focus on one-on-one and really trust and stay in my lane as opposed to chasing Mm -hmm. what I thought I was supposed to do or what I was being told at that time in the industry was kind of the only path to scale. So I think the only reason, not the only reason, but like one of the reasons I've been able to generate a million revenue in the past four years, 700K in the last two from one on one was because five years before that, I had to first decide, hey, I trust myself. Like this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going all in on. I'm okay with this not looking the same as what the industry is telling me. So I I would actually say it was the trust at the year five or like five years ago that led to what we're seeing now. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm in a similar process myself. I'm letting go of all of the things in my business that I'm not passionate about. That's not a hell yes. You know, I don't care what my business coaches told me. I don't know how many years ago. And it's not a an easy uh pattern to let go of because you've had so many authorities say no this is the way to grow a business shut up and do it but your heart is yelling inside of you and you just silence that voice you know until it's kind of dim and numb or you feel you start to feel effects in your body and stuff like that so I decided you know what I'm just not going to do any of the stuff that doesn't fire me up. So to me, it makes a lot of sense and um, it comes as a powerful validation that this is the way, Yeah, because what I'm hearing, by the way, guys, this is not the invitation to, oh, one-on-one coaching is the way to do it. It's not the dogma.
1: Yes, there are plenty Um, of my, most of my clients don't want to do their business this way. So yes, thank you for saying that. That feels very important.
0: Yeah, it's just saying yes to, what's a hell yes for you and just trusting that like the thing that's yours will lead you to your dreams like following that intuition that heart that the calling let's say of doing things your way
1: yeah and if if I can add I I think knowing that it doesn't have to look the way everyone else is doing things and I think our space in particular and it's not a bad thing I think we have such a beautiful industry and such a beautiful space and I think there can sometimes be almost um, many people, not me, I left the acting world, but many people are leaving the corporate rat race, so to say, world. And I think we can unintentionally recreate that in our space where it starts to feel like people are just chasing more success, more money for the sake of scaling without looking at why did I start this business in the first place? And I think that's just the piece that can be helpful to come back to. For me, it was like, I started this because I believe in one-on-one, one-on-one changed my life personally. It's what I'm the best at. It's what I've seen get my clients the best results. I don't want to move away from that. There's nothing wrong with groups or masterminds. That just happens not to be my zone of of genius. And I don't want to move away from the very reason I started this and I'm okay with if my business doesn't grow as fast as another business, yep. I make plenty of money. Like it's okay if we don't make more and we also will. So if that's helpful for people to hear, I think that can be maybe a way one is not better than the other, but but coming back home to that can be
0: helpful. Incredibly helpful. And, you know, I just published a case study with one of my clients and that was kind of the exact thing that she was describing, like, because she reached, the state that every single entrepreneur is chasing in business, that state of peace, that state of freedom, um, that state of, I just love doing things my way and that's okay. You know, I don't care if I make less money. And of course she's making more money now because she's in that state, right?
1: That's the irony, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. When you don't need the thing is when you get the thing always because it's like, Yeah, yeah, it's a very, very powerful. It's so fascinating
1: how that happens. I mean, it's it's detachment, and when we're, it's that beautiful place where we can both be aligned and want something, and also so not needed, and be so, like you said, peaceful and settled and grounded with where we are now. It it's funny how just fascinating I've seen it myself and just through so many clients how that just opens up everything and when we're in that chasing mentality not that you can't create results that way it's just very tough to sustain success or to not have it um, fracture other parts of your life
0: are you familiar with Bashar um I don't think so he's um so Daryl Anka is the guy channeling uh this and some people will click off right now uh, uh off of this video but it's an alien entity right that's being oh, channeled by this guy so sweet. uh they said something that really stuck with me they said there's nothing more exhausting than trying to be someone you're not yes. right? so true
1: <laughs> even when i was acting When you're acting, your job is not to try to be someone you're not. Your job is to try to embody the character and be them fully and live their life. It would be so exhausting otherwise as to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And then obviously most of us are not, hopefully we're not acting right. We're like embodying our roles as CEOs. Mm -hmm. It is exhausting and very tough to sustain. Something you're not and something that's not in alignment. I love that.
0: Yeah. And alien is very smart yeah and also acting like is it's acting is also channeling in many many ways and something i would like to tap into as well you know we we feel like in terms of embodying you know in terms of being someone you're not and the truth is the states of fear the doubt the worries that's not the real us. And that's why it's so exhausting. And that's why, because we're um, experiencing that much fear, we lean on the authority or the systems too much.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, as you and I'm sure both teach and coach clients, fear is normal. It's part of the human experience. And when we're in fear, when we're not trusting ourselves, I think that's when we can pedestal people who we think know better or who are authorities, like you said, or who yeah. have the secret or have the way. And it's not to say that there isn't a benefit from learning from others or modeling others. That there can be a lot of room for that. But I think when you're coming from fear or lack of self-trust, you're kind of giving your power away in that oh, way. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's where we we get ourselves into hot, hot water.
0: For sure. For sure. Uh, to segue a bit, what was your favorite movie that you were in?
1: Oh gosh. Um, so I was admittedly in a lot of uh indie films that i don't know that i would watch but were a lot of fun to play with what was my favorite one i did the the last film i did before i moved out of the acting world is a movie called safari
0: see. our on day one of our three-day safari in the bush oh i dream safari is that turned into a nightmare.
1: We went to South Africa for seven weeks and we mm. filmed on a game reserve with Kevin Richardson, who's like the Lion Whisperer. And nice. it was, I mean, a, going to South Africa and getting paid to go there and be there was just an incredible experience. But we, we would literally go to a game reserve every day. Part of my work day was going to the game reserve and we'd have to get on one of those. Um, what do you call them the like safari vehicles it was like a 45 minute drive to set where you're just passing giraffes and zebras and all sorts of animals it was it was a pretty incredible experience
0: i love that i love that what was like because as mindset coaches we're like full of mindset issues ourselves that's why we're so good at fixing them so what was the f- mindset challenge that you had to overcome on your journey
1: yeah um trying to think how I can answer this in a way that would be beneficial for everyone. So something that comes up for me that maybe feels important to speak to, I think there's a big difference between mindset and trauma. And I've had quite a lot of trauma to work through. And I just say that just from a place of responsibility, because I think yeah. sometimes otherwise we hear mindset and we have a trauma response and we I'm like, I should just positive way my way through this or something like that. And right. so I just want to be responsible and speak to that. So in full transparency, i done a lot of work around trauma mindset wise i would say one of the um biggest patterns for me that comes up at every stage of business and what i see for most of us is we have one or two core mindset challenges hurdles and they never fully go away right like we work through them we're able to notice them we have the tools to move through them and what i find is at every level they tend to just rear their head in a new funky way one of my biggest things is um Wanting to be liked and not offend people, not bother people, not, not make people feel bad, essentially. It's a it's a connection type thing. And so that's been one of the big, when I started my business, it was, I didn't want to post on other Facebook groups and offend the owner of the group. And yeah. just, you know, or what would people think as I, you know, grow further along in business? It's if I share this income on it, am I going to make someone feel bad? So it's just been something that at every level I've just had to notice and, and catch and work through. I'd say that's probably been the biggest one for me.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. What is your process of managing that?
1: Well, I work with my own coach and I have for for almost mm-hmm. five years. So that's, that's yeah. a big part of it. And I, I think we, you know, we, I, I do mindset practices and tools. So I do mindset work every single day I have for probably 10 years at this, this point. So very religious around that and for me i'm very aware of my patterns now so i can move through something in two minutes the biggest thing for me is noticing what it is if i can see it for what it is and kind of create that separation for myself to my thought if i have just that much room to at this point to see it it's a lot easier for me to see wait a second this is that pattern is that really what i want to listen to if i'm coming from my higher self if i'm showing up as the ceo in my business or in my life like what's the thought I want to have what's the story I want to choose what what do I actually want to believe here and that's kind of what I'll walk myself through does that make sense
0: yeah absolutely I was listening to Joe Dispenza recently talk about the fact that he experienced despite teaching you know reaching a higher state of mind and reprogramming your brain for what you actually want to have happen he said you know I have stressful moments all the time all day you know and it's not a question of having them or not. It's a question of how fast you get out of it.
1: Yep. 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 And I think, I mean, i work is, is brilliant, creating a higher level of mind. I love how he speaks about that. And I think it's exactly that. I think it's the goal is not how do I not become a human, having a human experience with a human brain Our brain is yep. evolutionarily wired for survival. Like this, this stuff's going to come up. It's exactly that. How do I just get better and better and better at noticing and moving through it and 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 better at self-regulating essentially Mm -hmm. and choosing the thought choosing the higher level of thought and being that serves me my business my life
0: beautiful beautiful and speaking of you know doing things your way uh what is your favorite way of attracting your people your clients
1: Big question. Um, what's my favorite way of attracting? So what I would say, I've, I've pretty much been using the same strategy in my business from day one. I'm really big on how can I offer value first and create a relationship and create a lot of trust with someone and i'm also very big on screening for fit i've worked with some of my clients have been with me four or five years so for me i'm not looking to have everyone become my client i'm really Mm -hmm. looking for how can i give as much value to everyone who will probably never become my client and then how can i do so in a way that's also narrowing in and screening for Mm -hmm. people who are going to be a really great fit and help them understand why I'm gonna be the best person to support them specifically. So really leading with value first is my favorite way. And then um, finding ways to invite people in to see, you know, do we have coaching chemistry? And is this a good fit yeah. for, for me to support you? And I can get more specific in terms of the strategies if that feels useful for our conversation, but like big picture, that's the way I like to think about it.
0: I love that. I love that. I started implementing something similar in you know my business. Uh, I had gotten so good at coaching at closing uh, clients in the first call that it came to my detriment. You know, I was closing not necessarily the right people. So I slowed down and added some filters. You know, I added a second call. I added some homework. Yeah. And, you know, um, if you don't complete your homework, then, you know, this is our first date together. Then what's, what is what yeah. is it going to look like a few years from now, right?
1: Yeah, I I think it's so important. I think it's something we don't always talk a lot about. I I talk to my clients a lot about not just bringing in leads, but bringing in the right kinds of leads who are going to become right fit clients. And I think we I want to be mindful for someone who's listening. This doesn't suddenly mean like, we're looking for perfect clients and to just push everyone away and people who don't mm-hmm. have problems or anything come through the door. But to like what you're saying, is this someone who's coachable? Is this someone who's gonna follow through? How yeah. are we how are we being sure to screen for that? And I'm always big on I'm I'm gonna very clearly let someone know if they're not a fit. I like to have some pre-qualifying questions in in my sales process. And I'm very happy to refer someone out. And I think. Yeah it's the detachment is what we were talking about earlier, right? If, if we have that mentality, I find that also helps us then to attract people who are a really great fan, which makes business so much easier.
0: Mm-hmm. And do the majority of your clients come from your Facebook group or from your YouTube channel?
1: So I, I guess I technically have a YouTube channel. We don't do anything with my YouTube channel that we just repurpose uh, my lives yeah. on my website. So I don't, maybe some people have come from a youtube channel we are currently actually building dashboards to get cleaner data so that i can answer this better mm-hmm. but from the data i have from what people tell me for everyone listening i um, so you know i have a Facebook group, uh, Instagram account, and then a podcast, I'd say the majority come from my Facebook group and, or a combination of that and my podcast. And then I find my Instagram, I have an Instagram account, but I find that tends to be people from my Facebook group will come follow me on Instagram as well. And that almost acts as like a extra touch point and confirmation. If someone's like thinking about hiring me, I'll, I'll notice they're watching my stories and that sort of thing.
0: Beautiful, beautiful.
1: I don't know if that if that's helpful in terms of the detail getting into the weeds, but that's how I see them fitting together.
0: Yeah, it was just something that I was also curious about. Um, but it comes down to, you know, is the way that you're generating leads is it making you happy? Is it giving you energy, or is it taking away energy from you? Right, and are you allowing more of yourself? to be that's not a question for you and it's just a rhetorical um yeah so it's it's very
1: interesting uh, and the thought that comes up just um as you're saying that is i think is it congruent to the work you're doing Mm. so i offer one-on-one so it makes sense for me to generate leads in a way where I'm going to have a one-on-one conversation with them or I'm going to share value in a way where they can understand that. Whereas if I was selling something completely different, mm-hmm. I might have a very different, this is not to say Facebook groups are like the thing for everyone. That's just one of the most congruent ways I can go in depth on a long live stream yep. and you know, invite people in. It's going to be the most congruent, same with my podcast, to, to the one-on-one work. And this also feels important to share because otherwise I feel like we don't have context. And we're like, Facebook and a podcast is the thing that makes you money. Yeah. I, those are also the things I focused on, right? I've I've picked those. I've had my Facebook group for however many years now, my podcast for however many years. That's also where I'm focusing my marketing energy. So it would make sense that that is where my leads are coming. If I focus on YouTube, YouTube would be the thing.
0: I love that. Yeah. And that's, that's like 100%. strategy works. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really a question of what you enjoy doing. Yeah. For me, it's, it's definitely YouTube. I love making videos and uh, you know having conversations like this and just making videos where I have conversations with people. And you know before I was making more like kind of entertainment based videos, kind of influencer based. And I hired the marketing coach, and uh, he said uh, he said that it's not I'm not attracting the right people. My wolf dog is going a bit wild as it should.
1: My 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 uh jungle cat might come through later, so we'll we'll have a animal off.
0: <laughs> Let me just introduce you.
1: Hi. Aw. Hello. What's your say top hi, name? Thor? Hi, sweet baby. Hi. Thor.
0: Aww. Oh,
1: hi Thor. Yeah. Hi, he sweet just loves baby.
0: loves to bite everything.
1: Is it is it a bobby?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like sweet four baby. months. Four months and uh 400 teeth
1: yeah 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 yeah. It? It, it gets easier when they get a little older <laughs> yeah we, we have we have to keep we have to keep that your puppy is so cute um but you were saying and I, and I think it's so fascinating to see how well two thoughts came up when you were saying that i think every marketing strategy works. And I think that if you're working, if you're consistent, but then if you're finding something you actually enjoy, you're going to be consistent with it and it can work for you with the caveat. And with what you're saying is it will work, but that doesn't necessarily mean if it's not congruent to what you're selling, that it's going to work in terms of bringing in the right kinds of leads. And I think that's just the place we talked about the intersection at the beginning of our conversation where we just want to have that intersection of is, is this Congruent for me, so I want to be consistent. And is this congruent with the types of clients and leads I want to bring in? And and looking for that in your strategy. Beautiful. Does that feel? I feel like that's kind of what you were saying when you were giving that example. You mm-hmm. know, the, I know the puppy came in. So, but does that does that feel like what you were saying?
0: Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, in terms of your identity, right? What was like? How do you see? What's the main difference between Kim when you started out with your business and you right now?
1: (laughs) Um, I think identity is such a great question. It's something I do a lot of work with clients around. And for, for everyone who doesn't know the term identity or just in terms of what we mean here, identity really is what encompasses all of your mindset and it really sets the parameters and boundaries up for how you live your life and the results you will or will not have. And our brains really like congruence. And so how you see yourself, your identity, your mindset, all of that, your brain is going to work really, really hard to have your external world and results be congruent with that identity. So if you have Mm -hmm. the identity of an ex-actress, if you have the identity of an ex-employee, if you have the identity of something that isn't fitting to what you're wanting to create it's really going to affect your results. And I think when I started my business, I didn't have the identity of someone who was successful and who was a great coach, right? This is an identity I had to, to really build and live into. I didn't have the identity of someone who, I've always been really good with money, but to allow myself to say, wow, I I, I make a lot of money and I have the identity of someone who can say that and be comfortable yeah. with that. Like These are all things I had to really become as Joe Dispenza would say. And I I think it's vastly different. Over, I think I'm a completely different person, honestly, from seven years ago, definitely from when I was acting 10, 15 Mm -hmm. years ago and and totally me as well. Just, I think you get what I'm saying. Like the identity piece has just really changed.
0: What would you say is the biggest difference?
1: Funny, my husband and I were having a conversation about this the other day. Um, And one of the things I was, I was thinking this, this sounds this this will maybe this will make sense through the context of acting this is a, a stereotype and a generalization so this is not everyone but i find a lot of us who are actors and go into that world are craving validation and are craving uh, i just want to say you're so good at what you do and i think one of the really big differences is not that i'm not human i don't create validation i've just really shifted from i want the external world to give that to me to I give that to myself, I give way less Fs and I really validate and, and like and trust myself. And I, I think that's probably one of the biggest identity shifts.
0: And I think- Does that make sense? Yes. And I think that's one of the reasons why your business is doing so well because for you, it was the validation. I hope people like me, For a lot of people is the money to get the validation or to prove some people wrong or you know whatever that external thing might be. But when you decide you don't need it, and maybe you already had it, again, that's when kind of the world shifts around you. You know, I hope my when
1: you said that, it's it, it's so it's just so true. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, every single time my business just went, you know, was going and effortlessly, it was because I needed nothing.
1: I feel like our conversation keeps circling back around that to that concept. And it, it's just so, it's so, so true. And it, the the fascinating thing, when I look at my identity, I look at my journey, I I think I've always been a really great coach. I think that's a the set yeah. I have that I've honestly honed over, over time, but I think I was great. I, I helped someone scale to a million dollars my first year in business, yeah. but I didn't have this identity piece, right? I, I was still very much in the, if I look back, I don't think I would have known it then in this, I, I need someone to approve of me, to validate me kind of this, this chasing mentality we're talking about. And I really do think that's been one of the biggest shifts where, when we don't need that, right. When we give that to ourselves, when, whether it's, we don't need the validation or we don't feel like we need the money or we don't need the clients the irony is the more of that you get and you're just you're just so spot on but the funny thing is the external doesn't necessarily have to change that much it's not like my strategy changed it's not like my skill set changed. it's not like oh i did this thing and it blew me up and i went viral it's none of that it's literally all an internal shift that then shifts the external yeah and i think that's so much of what you're saying
0: and it's interesting because we're moving more and more towards this understanding of, you know, energy is creating matter and not the other way around, right? Yeah, actually, yeah, matter doesn't necessarily create energy, just uh, it's a different expression for sure. Um, speaking of energy, how has your uh, actress energy served you in your coaching journey?
1: that's an interesting question. I don't think anyone else are asking me that. How's my acting energy? I think it's served me, gosh, in so many different ways. Um, I think one of, I I don't know if this is what you're asking, so you can point me in a different direction if this is not exactly what you mean, but I think one of my skill sets is being able to literally get into the mind of someone else. That's what you do as an actor, Mm -hmm. right? And embody them and be them. And so I think it's helped me, A, to shift my own personal identity, right? I can Think of what is that next level identity for myself and kind of step into and not act it, but literally be it, become it, as Joe Dispenza would say. Yeah. But I think with clients as well, when we're looking at who are their ideal clients, how do we market to them? How do we come up with messaging that's going to really speak to them? How do we navigate the sales process? What's going on with that person? I think it's very easy for me to slip into their ideal client head or into their ideal person's head. So in that way, the energy piece can be um, really useful. I don't know if that's exactly what you meant by your question, but Um, So feel free again to ask me something clarifying if you meant something a little different. I
0: think it's a perfect answer. Yeah. And I can totally see you uh, embodying their ideal client and saying, you know, uh, this kind of speaks to me. This one, uh, not so much. So that's priceless, actually.
1: I, I think so. I mean, not to not to do this, but I think so. I, I think it I think it makes one of my skill sets to clients in terms of like messaging, marketing, content, sales. Like I think that's something I can offer my clients, and it's even the way we tap into their unique edge and their creativity in a in a different way.
0: Powerful, powerful. And if you could be known for one thing, what would that be?
1: been some big questions if i could be known for one thing this is gonna sound cheesy but um what comes up for me is if i could be known for i helped someone actually change their life for the better to in any kind of way and i was someone who facilitated that 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 to me is everything i mean yes Mm -hmm. it's great if people make a million dollars yes it's great to me if you know, people get the external rewards, but I mean, I'm a coach, like the thing that lights me up is like the million dollars is a representation of all the internal shifts someone's had. And to be known for, for that and having that impact on a small scale with individuals that, that to me would um, be everything. Well, you're definitely
0: living it for sure.
1: Thank you.
0: And if there was one more thing you'd like to be known for, what would it be?
1: Um, let's see. What else would I like to be known for? Such a good question. Um, I I think the, I think the mindset side of things, like if we're talking more like, what would you be known for in your business? I I think that blend of, of mindset with business, because I do think, I mean, there are definitely people doing that, but I think my unique lens and approach where I'm blending the acting side of Mm -hmm. the entertainment world side Mm -hmm. of things with the business side of things and then how that blends with the mindset and strategy side of things i i would love to be known for that because i mean that's literally my work and an embodiment of of how i approach business and coaching
0: i'm not sure if you'd be open to this but <clears throat> there's these Cher- these german coaches like the top coaches in germany the bollocks and um what was what stood out to me about them they made rap videos talking about the coaching industry why they're the best why you know like uh imagine if Jay-Z was a coach, something like that.
1: I love it. I love so, it yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe it would be fun for you to you know maybe use this acting skill even more and make like a movie or something about the industry or somebody having a very, very powerful transformation thanks to a coach. something like have you seen that movie on Netflix with um Jonah Hill?
1: Yeah oh, it's, it's, it's really it's really brilliant. The documentary, or well, it's, a it's a documentary slash yeah, yeah, not documentary. It's a little a bit of
0: both. But the, the reason why it came to my mind was because it's bringing more light to how powerful this work is and how impactful it actually is.
1: Who knows? Maybe there's, maybe there's a future movie again in my life, even though I've, I've put that chapter of my life away. Who knows? That, that might be in my future.
0: Yeah, and then we're going to have another flood of... 10 million coaches join the industry.
1: Yes. Well, it is, it is a it is a very saturated industry, <laughs> that is for sure. There is room for everyone, but it there but similar is. to that. I mean, I see that from the acting world. That was a very saturated industry. And then you see over time who are the people who are serious about it and who are the yeah. people who, you know, kind of fall away, which is okay too, where it's a stepping stone to what's right for each individual.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was asking myself about that. You know, why is it the, you know, the more, there's more and more and more coaches? And the answer that came up was kind of like, um. I like to dive into the metaphysical in, in many ways. I, I have a video on my YouTube channel where I, I talk about my experience talking to the mountains and the mountains actually telling me, dude, you're more of a shaman than, you know, come on, it's time to wake up, right? And the feeling that I got was that, The planet, the earth is kind of producing coaches at a mass scale because we are needed for that next level of consciousness that we're uh, tapping into as a collective. So if there wasn't a need for this many of us, we wouldn't be as many or more.
1: I think it's a beautiful way to think about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what came up. Beautiful. And um, I hope you you continue facilitating so much more change for coaches because our work is exceptionally important. And, you know, uh, more and more experts should thrive with this work.
1: Yeah, I think this work, I mean, it's changed my life. I've seen it change my client's life. I think it's, it's really impactful and powerful. And like, I mean, I loved your story of why you think it's growing i think there's a lot of truth to that i think people need this i i do think we'll see over the next decade how i, I don't know when you came into the industry but when i came into the industry a coach or a life coach or anything like that people were like you mean like a basketball coach like people had no idea what it meant i think yeah. now it's becoming more commonplace where we get what it what it is and i think 10 years down the road we're going to see that i mean everyone has a coach. And I think we're just going to see that more and more normalized because of how beneficial it is and how it, it really can help people in so many different ways and niches. So yes, for yeah. everyone, for everyone listening, you're doing important work. Keep, keep doing the work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Beautiful. Um, You know, some people like to keep their goals close to their chest and that's, that's totally fine. But I was curious, like what's one goal that you're aiming for right now or are you in the state that there is nothing to aim for and you're just like surrender and flowing? Like, where are you?
1: I'm a yes. And for that, meaning Mm -hmm. a little bit of both, I'm very much in a place of if nothing were to change in my business and this is what it were to look like, which I mean, life is changed. I find that to be hard to believe to be true, but I'm so grateful and I love my business and I love what we built and we're fully booked. Like if nothing changes, I'm set financially and like we could just, like nothing needs to change. I'm very happy with where we're at. And with the revenue share model I use for my one-on-one, there's a lot of potential to scale one-on-one. So I'm also very open to scaling a one-on-one coaching practice to a million dollars. I just have no time frame on that. And I have no attachment to it. It's it's sort of like, if that happens, beautiful, because that means my clients are making incredible money and doing well. If not incredible, because my clients are making incredible money and I'm doing incredibly well. It's sort of like a, a yes and there.
0: Beautiful. And I love how you're embodying the uh, the concepts, because that's, that's the state of freedom that we're really looking for as entrepreneurs. It's not the money, it's not the achievements, the validation, it's the state of peace of whatever happens, I'm going to be great, and it's going to be beautiful, and I'm just going to enjoy it and roll with it. I love that yeah
1: and, and and to be fair i do really like the money side as well i think i've just no a, like a nice healthy balance <laughs> with that where you know like with the truth i i think i'm at a place too and just to normalize for people i think i'm very aware that if i make more money in my life not that much more will change i will pay yeah. more taxes maybe i'll move to a bigger place in new york city but like outside of that like i already have everything i want i like it'll be some more money that i'm investing like not that much will change and i also want to be so mindful for someone who's maybe starting in business like that, this was not the case for me 7 years ago like making more money literally changed the quality of my life dramatically yeah. so it's much easier for me to say that now i just don't want to get it twisted chasing something that I know at this stage is not going to make a huge difference on my life, unless that is also going to internally fulfill me. Does that does that make sense?
0: Yes, and as a uh, uh, caveat, that I would also like to add um, the the fact that, like you said, I'm in a position where I making more money is not going to make a big difference for me. Right, you're kind of embodying the millionaire mindset, the millionaire state. And for in the beginning, that's extremely hard because more money will make a huge, it will literally change everything, will change your life, right? Yes, yes. But the the thing is, like, when you tap into that state of more money is not going to change much for me, you're actually embodying that millionaire version of you, that abundant version of you. And you're saying, yeah, whatever, right? And that's a very, very important shift to make for anyone, whether you're on, an entrepreneur listening or, you know, you just doesn't matter. You, you have your job, you have your nine-to-five, you're doing charity work. That's literally the embodiment of that the highest version of you. More money is not going to change my life, even though it will, but you pretend it won't. You step or, into or power. Or you just
1: see how it, it, it's... Uh... I I will say, so when I started my business, I was literally like paycheck to paycheck in New York City. I couldn't afford my coach. and had to get very resourceful. So in every way, when I made more money, it changed everything. And Mm -hmm. for that to happen, I very much remember like a line in the sand moment and even a conversation with my coach where I had to first get to the place of like, I'm good now. Look at how much I have now. Because even at that place, and I realize I'm I'm a very privileged white female, and I understand, like I acknowledge that. So in that place, I was still so abundant, I still had so much, like. Yeah. The, and I, the moment I could see that and get out of this, I need more to be okay. I need more to feel successful. I I, I literally remember walking on the street in New York City when I had that like shift internally. That's yeah. when my business started doing doing better as well. Just to really affirm and give evidence of what you're what you're talking I
0: about. I bet, I bet, hundred percent. 100 percent that's that's literally how how it works um something came up when you were you were sharing that i don't remember right now maybe we can save it for another conversation another interview beautiful Kim. thank you so much for uh making the time once again guys uh absolutely check out kim's work i'll be plugging your website down below and uh your social media your facebook group um Oh, yeah. I remember what I wanted to ask you. Yeah, You said, you, said you, you were going paycheck to paycheck and you couldn't afford your coach, right? I've been yeah. in that situation a few times, right? I borrowed money for coaching, but I always made more money than the money that I borrowed. So what do you say to somebody who, you know, uses this as an excuse? I don't have the money right now. It's not the right time, blah, blah, blah. Let me just um, figure Like a lot of people are in this delusion that the if they just spend more time working on the thing, they're going to eventually figure it out. So their plan is to spend more time with the person that's keeping them stuck themselves. Right, right.
1: My, my thought process when I made that investment, um, I believe in coaching first and foremost. So I believe in the power of coaching. And I also, I've always had a coach. And I I don't want to create that narrative. If you're a coach, you have to have a coach, but it is darn helpful. Mm-hmm. Um I also understand how business and investments go in terms of, if I invest in the stock market, I have to invest money first in order to get a return. I can't sit around and wait for the return to invest. And if I wait and watch the stock market for it to have its numbers go up, it's too late for me to invest because now I'm just buying a very expensive investment. And similarly with business, businesses, and not everyone's going to be business coach, but health is the same way, right? We could go, we could use health as an example. If I want to have six pack abs or be super fast, at running or super in shape i have to invest time energy resources first to then get the result in business we have to invest up front to get the result like that that's just the nature of results so i think because i and i saw this with acting i got did this for 10 years acting right I yeah. need to invest in training and coaching and things first to then later get the result so i think i just have enough experience in my life to see invest first result yeah. later so when i was building my business and i believe in coaching and i see I'm smart at business. I know what creates results. I'm not getting results. I'm the problem. So I mean, I don't call myself a problem, like I need help. Of course, I'm gonna invest in coaching. And if I can't afford it, of course, then my mindset is I'm going to get resourceful. I borrowed and I I honestly picked up a second job um, so that I could pay for my coaching. I love that. But So that's what I would offer for everyone. And what I would say, whether you're having a sales conversation where this is something coming up for someone, or this is you and you're navigating this, I think it can just be helpful to look at what's the thing under the thing, because usually when we say I can't afford it, I don't have the time, I'm not ready. Assuming there's an alignment to the thing we want to invest in, assuming we believe that that thing could help us, usually then what's coming up is I'm scared. I'm scared I'm going to show up and still not get the result. I'm freaking out for X, Y, and Z. I did something in the past that didn't work out. What if I fall on my face? Right, And so then it's just easier for us to say whatever that surface level story is it's the same with anything in life so i think that can just be a helpful whether you're supporting someone through it in a sales conversation or spring yourself through it just to look at so what else could be true here like what what's the pattern underneath this that might be showing up for me
0: i love that That makes sense yes 100 right. that's a powerful question to ask yourself because that's you know you're you're gonna uncover the truth when when you do it beautiful kim thank you so much for uh for this powerful conversation
1: Thank you for having me. I loved it. It was so nice to see you again. And thank you for having this platform and your awesome questions.
0: Thank you. And uh, looking forward to seeing you again. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. Can't wait to see you soon.
0: Beautiful. Guys, let us know in the comments, what were your most powerful, most impactful insights and uh, get in touch with Kim. Tell her, you know, what you loved about this interview, send her a message or get in touch with her in, in her Facebook group, make a post. And that's going to be interesting feedback for us for our following uh, future interview, maybe, potentially. I'm here for it. Beautiful. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and give this podcast a rating. It is going to be highly appreciated. And if you want to discover how to grow your business to five-figure months with more ease and with less stress by using the warrior shaman mindset there's a link for the powerful training that i did on this exact topic in the description check it out i think you're really really going to enjoy it and i'll see you next time